Hey, Drunk Mythology friends. I'm Kate. I'm Jen. And I'm the other Jen. And we're the Drunk Drunk Mythology Mythology Gals. Gals. Okay, that was like bizarre because OG was like (laughs) right there with Kate. Like you were trying to time with Kate. I was trying to time with you and then you went sooner and then Kate kept going slow so I latched onto her. (laughs) You know, I... (laughs) That sounds a bit dirty, but... I am, I am, I am flattered. <laughs> no, no, I, I am the bass note while you two are like dueling piccolos. <laughs> like I provide the strong, steady bottom beat. You, you were the slow antelope and I was just the lion that just like plunged. <laughs> well, that would make you a really lazy lion. <laughs> But and I'm I, just the bird flying around Yeah, isn't it great all the love we share for each other? Oh, Is there's this love. Yeah. Oh, OG and I had a love fest on Discord this morning. I you know. Did. I don't need to hear about that. Like. It, I I have missed you guys, and all I got was "fuck your feelings, Kate." <laughs> yep, that's all you ever that, get. I, I I knew that's why. How you say I love you? But <laughs> in any case, it is only a few more days to Valentine's Day, and we are all drowning in. Uh, tinfoil hearts, chocolate, and love stories, both great and tragic. This isn't sounding like a setup for Thorgo's fishing. (laughs) I was expecting OG to do Thorgo's fishing episode. That's what I was, I was doing it. Remember I sent you a little screenshot about Tears grandma's nine headed, like 900 headed grandma. And then I got, I got overridden. (sighs) Kate. Well, she I was just to give me. you guys a break because you had, you know you had picked up you know the slack for me while I, I was dealing with everything. Yeah. So you know I wanted to like come back and you know shoulder my share of the it's, burden. But it's okay. I'll forgive you. I will. I will, will you, do that. We appreciate it. Yeah. If any fans are wanting to complain about the lack of Thorgo's fishing this week, please send us an email <laughs> to. <laughs> Kate Reynolds at (laughs) (laughs) kidding mostly look this week you're getting a great and tragic love story that involves fruit and fucking derivative fan fiction that's my favorite right so before we get started sacrifices to Odin this week um Actually, before I share my Odin sacrifice, I have to share a piece of good news and mm-hmm. a piece of bad news. Okay. Kim, we're going to need the cafe accordion. And I'm writing down the time stamp of what time this needs to start. So for Kate, I have first a little piece of bad news. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Lucy was going to come visit you over her spring break. Uh-huh. Spend spring break with you. Well, I know she's not going to be able to come visit you. <laughs> Keep up the accordion, Kim, because here we go. The good news, though, is the reason why. So we all know how crazy smart this kid is. I've talked about how off the chart, incredibly smart. Mm-hmm. Honors, all kinds of stuff. Um, so part of the honors and scholars program that she's in, she has to participate in these exploratory activities or events or whatever. I don't know how to describe them very well. Um, she has to do three of them before graduating. Okay. part of the honors and scholars program. And it's almost lottery of who gets picked to participate in which events. Okay. Well, it turns out her name got pulled out of the hat for spring break. Ah! 
All right. Well, okay, fine. Fine. She didn't expect to get picked. She was like, I'm a freshman. They probably have an algorithm to, you know, let the seniors who need a trip go first. They probably get priority. Wait, wait, wait. You said a trip? Oh, shit. I did say that, didn't I? Where is she going? Kim, you still got the accordion going? Oh, god damn it. Lucy's going to Paris. God! Fuck! <laughs> god! <laughs> I, expect, I expected a whole bunch of French to come out of your mouth. Sacre d'honneur! Someone fou! No clue what the hell you're saying. Maybe I actually, Lucy does. I I know one of the words there. <laughs> Do ya? No, yeah, crazy. Putain! I I know that word. I don't know any of this. <laughs> she said shit. Oh. <laughs> I. We've actually known this information for a while, and I wanted to try over the holiday break to have Lucy come on a recording and tell you herself. Oh, shoot. It just didn't come right. together. It Damn just, it. But. You okay there, Kate? No. <laughs> Are you no, crying? I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to be over here in the corner. It okay. does sound like she's crying, doesn't it? I want to go to Paris. Okay, you can go to Paris I with Lucy. The country. I want to leave the state. I want to leave my house. Okay, so <clears throat> how lovely. I'm so happy for her. Please convey my congratulations. <laughs> you can text her. <laughs> oh, I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will. Uh, and when she texts you to ask her to change her phone number, tell her no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, yes. So um, so that's probably going to be Kate's suffering. <laughs> <sighs> Just pile it on. Giles Corey, more weight. <laughs> uh, otherwise, what? it's just been a week full of just little piddly little annoyances. Lots of little stuff this week. Oh, and I'm hangry right now. I have not eaten until oh boy, I sat down to record. I have a peanut butter sandwich that I'll be nibbling on when I don't have to talk. So <laughs> Okay, well, you guys go uh, next. I'm going to take a bite of my sandwich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mute yourself and eat. So, Jen? Um, I don't know. I guess... I don't know. I've just been very busy. I guess can he can I give that to Odin? Like my like I was supposed to do nothing this week. I've done like something every single day all day. Like I don't uh, know if that counts as suffering. It just counts as something well, though. Well, I think it counts as bad judgment, which is good because that will please Odin. But <laughs> No, but seriously, like you uh, you are a month out from publication of course you're not going to get a fucking day off i know it's like every day is like oh here are little tasks i have to do oh here are more tasks oh these tasks have subtasks and yeah right so yeah. i mean this is your third book girl yeah and it's just things that kind of exploded so it's like right well, there's a lot more balls to juggle now balls <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah balls <laughs> there'll be a lot more balls in book four but oh my god i am determined um if i don't lose you my know, readers you yet better, you better rope them in oh, oh my, my gosh god. <laughs> there, there will be there will be rope yes there will be rope excellent yes. okay well um yeah okay <laughs> um, but yeah so yeah i guess odin gets that i mean yeah it's just been it's been a crazy week of things i did not expect so yes yeah Okay. I think Odin will be pleased by that. Um, I am offering up my sheer mental and physical exhaustion. <laughs> yeah. I've, you know, it's been a month, but it's also been like an extra kind of week. It's been two years. Let's put it, it that way. Yeah. yeah basically. For you. like. <laughs> yeah. My, and it wasn't all bad. It was just all like, you know, 
intense because yes. we my in-laws came to visit and I love them and they're fabulous and we had a great time, but we were also wallpapering my study, which meant everything in the study had to come out. Yeah. Right. Yep. But it was, it's very beautiful. It, it, oh my God, my study looks gorgeous now. And, you know, it's just only going to get better. I feel so happy in here, which makes such I'm a glad. difference. And, you know, but like, I. I uh, I actually was able to take a day with them, and we all went to Catalina Island, which was beautiful. And I saw a fox. <gasps> I saw a Catalina Island fox, which was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and then, but, you know, I also had to do a lot of cooking yeah. and, you know, just, you know, moving stuff in and out and having to be cheerful. Yeah, <laughs> And right. that's not my natural state, so. It's It's not. <laughs> So did you drink a lot? <laughs> yes. Or do you have to stay sober when they're there? What do you? What's... Uh, no, no, I didn't. I I had to stay uh, functional. Okay. <laughs> so does that mean inebriated? Is that what we're calling it now? Um, right. <laughs> yeah. It it, it functional. Uh, let's just go with functional. And so no, are you? Was, I, like I was fine with them. It was just a lot of <sighs> a lot yeah. of stuff happening at the same time yes yeah plus dogs what are yeah throw in the dogs and so what are you drinking now are you making up for lost time (laughs) oh i know what she's drinking it's lame oh well it may or may not be because Uh it's a cup of tea with whiskey okay then it's okay okay we'll uh, we'll we'll accept that Okay. okay Well, well, I mean, I'm I'm making all this bluster, and I just have my tepid water in a Deadpool service cup. <laughs> you know, I miss the flamingo. We're back on Wednesdays. I don't know why the flamingo right? hasn't been showing up on Wednesdays. Yeah, <laughs> I need to get that. That's where my mind has been. Like, I'm just off my game because of all like the everything. So, yeah, you're right. I need to I need to the fix flam- that. I I want the flamingo next Wednesday. Yeah, the cup selection reveals the chaos in her life yeah jen, jen can attest she's seeing it first <laughs> oh my god i've seen it yes oh and i have to get behind the wheel of a car afterwards so i am also on tepid water but i'm in my team other jen pint glass <laughs> oh there you go yeah that's good so uh yeah so because i have to drive after this, which is a good segue. Yeah, so yeah, do not drink and drive cars, chariots, eight-legged horses, uh, tepid water vessels of various kinds, and wallpaper and rope, whatever we were talking about. You know what? I don't even care anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, let's get started. A long time ago, when the world was young. So, you know how I said fan fiction? Well, who's the fiction that I'm talking about someone being a fan of? Well, I'm talking about William Shakespeare with his Romeo and Juliet, because that's basically a fan fiction retelling of a myth brought to us by that melodramatic soft-boiled motherfucker, Ovid. Uh, we We don't like Ovid. And I hate Shakespeare. Oh, well, let's check in on how much worse that gets after the, at the end of today's episode. Because, yeah, we're going to trace back the origins of Romeo and Juliet, which brings us back to the goddamn fucking Romans um, and possibly the Babylonians, but I'm not going to go into that. So Shakespeare was a total stand for Ovid's myth and entered a bunch of writing prompt contests on Tumblr because not only did he pull an E.L. James rewriting Twilight into Fifty Shades of Grey with Romeo and Juliet, he actually retold the myth as a play within a play in A Midsummer Night's Dream. Wait, Romeo and Juliet is in A Midsummer Night's Dream? The the basic, or am I just not connecting the, the dots? Myth, the basic myth, the basic myth, like boy meets yeah. girl. Oh, uh, okay. Their parents hate each other. So, the original myth, he 
put into the whole plot of Romeo and Juliet, but then he actually took the myth itself and turned it into a play in a play. Got it. Okay. I think. <laughs> we'll see. It'll, it'll, it'll come clear in a minute. <clears throat> You're just supporting my dislike of Shakespeare. <laughs> uh, you know, I have to say, I I can appreciate him. He, he's not my go-to, but I can appreciate him. <laughs> but yeah, I can see why. So clearly the prompt that uh, good old Willie Shakespeare took for the myth of Pyramus and Thisbe was one to satirize the story. And as always, the satirical version is much better than any of the angsty originals. Because again, Romeo and Juliet, ugh, not my favorite play at all. Yeah. 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 I remember being forced to read it in high school English class. Like there are so many, there are genuinely better plays by Shakespeare. Like Romeo and Juliet is the stupidest play. I, I just, there's so many better things of his, like the taming of the shrew or, you know, all's well that ends well, or, you know, I don't know. It just, it pisses me off. I anyway. Like the Tempest. The Tempest. That's a fabulous play. And I've never been exposed to any of those because after being forced on to read Romeo and Juliet. I'm like, I'm out. Right? Like, mm -hmm. so A Midsummer Night's Dream is actually hilarious. It's set in ancient Athens, by the way. And it's, you know, it's a romantic comedy. And it's great. But, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, no, we have to read Romeo and Juliet stupid. Anyway, now that I've gotten that off my chest, fun fact, the Beatles, yes, those Beatles actually performed the uh, play within a play of Pyramus and Thisbe on British television in 1964. Serious? Cross-dressing and all. It's hilarious. Yes. I included the link and I'll put it in our, uh, I don't think it's in a official version of it, but it's what I could find. It's awesome. And it was also in the amazing 1999 movie of A Midsummer Night's Dream, which has one of the best casts I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. OG, you've seen it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It has like Christian Bale, Dominic yeah. West, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Rupert Everett, uh, Kevin Klein, mm -hmm. Sam Rockwell, like... yeah. It's Are you guys going to make me do a group watch of this with you? Uh, I think it would be worth it. Like, it's so good. And oh, you know how much I hate everything. So anyway. <laughs> Alrighty then. So let me give you a quick summary of the story. And you can, I think this will help everything come clear. So the original myth is the tragic tale of two star-crossed lovers, Pyramus and Thisbe. And okay. those names are the stupidest fucking names ever. And you can thank Ovid for that. <laughs> um, the story is this. Pyramid and Thisbe lived next door to each other, but Pyramus's dad borrowed the hedge trimmer and never returned it. And Thisbe's dad always pointed his leaf blower over at Pyramus's dad's yard. You know, how neighbors end up. So the houses were side by side. And apparently in violation of all fire codes, they shared a common wall. That's not how you do it. But because of shoddy construction, there was a chink in the wall. Really? Ha ha. Hmm. So Pyramus and Thisbe probably couldn't stand each other until they hit puberty. And then they were like, oh, oh, wow. So conveniently, they discovered the chink in this wall and proceeded to use to talk to each other in secret, though. Why they couldn't just text is beyond me. You, know? <laughs> not, you could even use carrier pigeon, just like fling a pigeon over the over the wall. Um, they decided to run away together and arranged to meet at a remote spot out in nature, which is a mistake, uh, which is mistake number one, because never meet in a remote spot out in nature because nature kills. Oh, yeah. Thisbe gets scared off by a lion who had just finished eating a gazelle or something and really just wanted a place to lie down and digest in peace. Like, we all know that feeling, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the lion's just trying to, like, 
digest. But no, this there's this girl who won't shut up, kind of like that person who sits next to you on a plane who won't fucking stop trying to talk to you and make you their new best friend. Which, wow. you know, next time I'm on a plane, <laughs> people will be like, oh God, don't talk to her. <laughs> so... The lion roars and scares Thisbe off. Thisbe drops her veil as she runs, and the lion is like, whatevs, finders keepers, picks it up with its jaws. It hasn't had a chance to brush its teeth and floss post-gazelle. So, you know, the veil gets a little bloody, and then the lion discovers the veil doesn't go with anything in its wardrobe, so drops it again. Oh, I always dear. like how I many s- lions there are in these ancient tales. Like, There's a lot of lions. There must have been a lot of them around. Right. So Pyramus shows up, sees Thisbe's stained veil, and like a dumbass, instantly assumes she's dead. Oh my god, this is Romeo and Juliet. Yep, this is so stupid that I can't even, because the next thing he does is stab himself in the gut. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Thisbe, apparently having gotten over her fear of the lion... Are you kidding me? ...comes back and sees Pyramus dead, so she stabs herself and dies. The end. Oh my god! And this is, oh, I don't know. This seems like a pretty solid reaction to have. <laughs> like, I don't see a body, but her veil is there. I'm well, going to, yeah. Obviously she got eaten. Oh my God. Have you ever seen, uh, never mind. I'm yeah, well, obviously <laughs> these guys are not very smart. So, you know, they're yeah. just going to assume it got eaten. Right. Which is, again, the reason and the why. lion just spit out the veil. You know, the yeah. lion is the hero of this whole thing. <laughs> I really feel no, the lion. no. The lion failed because it didn't eat any of them. The lion was already full. There's the lion should be praised for moderating its appetite, if you say so. <laughs> no, so, the hero is the knife because it killed both of them. There we go. Okay, all right. <laughs> so I wanted to present some versions uh, from both Bill and the soft-boiled motherfucker. I have, uh, that was horseradish coughing up. I hear. (laughs) Because he's like, this is stupid. Hello, pod dog. (laughs) Pod dog. Pod dog has opinions on Romeo and Juliet. Um, I have edited the Shakespeare just a bit to cut out like the audience dialogue that comes in between and make it a bit shorter just to kind of give a flavor of what, I mean, and honestly, this is Shakespeare's satirical take on the myth. It's, it's literally a comedy. And basically what happens is at the end of a Midsummer Night's Dream, all the happy characters and lovers uh, attend a theatrical performance put on by, um, you know, the people in town who kind of get up this community theater. So that's why sometimes you'll see like uh, one of the characters like Wall introduces itself as like, oh, by the way, my name is Snout. I'm the actor Snout, you know. Um, Okay. They all have like silly names like Peter Bottom and Snout and whatever. They're meant to be the comic part of the comic relief. So, okay. This first little tidbit is a romantic interlude between Pyramus and Thisbe and the wall. Okay. All right. I will take the part of wall. Oh, we're reading. In this same interlude, it doth befall that I, one snout by name, present a wall, and such a wall as I would have you think, that had it had in it a crannied hole or chink, through which the lovers Pyramus and Thisbe did whisper often very secretly. This loam, this rough cast, and this stone doth show that I am that same wall, the truth is so. And this is this the crack is right and sinister, through which the fearful lovers are to whisper. Mm. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, Grim. I am Wall. <laughs> oh, Grim, look at night. Oh, night with hue so black. Oh, night, whichever art when day is not. Oh, night, oh, night, alack, alack, alack. <laughs> I fear my Thisbe's promise is forgot. And thou, oh, Wall, oh, sweet, oh, lovely Wall, that stand'st <laughs> between her father's ground and mine. Thou, Wall, oh, Wall, oh, sweet and lovely Wall, show me thy chink to blink through with mine eyne. The wall holds up 
his fingers forming a hole. <laughs> Thanks, courteous wall. Jove, shield thee well for this. But what see I? No thisbe do I see. O wicked wall, through whom I see no bliss. Cursed be thy stones for thus deceiving me. How rude. <laughs> <laughs> Enter thisbe. O wall, full often hast thou heard my moans. For parting my fair Pyramus and me, my cherry lips, oh my God, have <laughs> often kissed thy stones. Oh my God, she's kissing the wall. Oh my God. <laughs> you gave me this roll on purpose, didn't you? <laughs> Maybe. Thy stones with lime and hair knit up in thee. Oh my God. I see a voice. Now will I will I to thee chink to spy and I can hear my Thisbe's face. Thisbe. My love thou art, my love I think. Think what thou wilt, I am thy lover's grace, and like Lemander am I trusty still. And I like Helen till the fates kill me. <laughs> oh kiss me through the whole of this vile wall. <laughs> oh my god i can't read this next line <laughs> i can't do it <laughs> yes you can i'm forming the thing with my fingers i should have poured vodka <laughs> damn it <laughs> i kiss the walls hole not your lips at all <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I'm just going to move on. <laughs> wilt, thou, wilt thou at Ninny's tomb meet me straight away? Tide life, tide death, I come without delay. <laughs> oh my God. Exit Pyramus and Thisbe. Wall. Thus have I, Wall, my part discharged so, and being done, thus Wall away doth go. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. I told you you'd have fun today. So now enter Lion and Moonshine, and I'll take the part of Lion. You ladies, you whose gentle hearts do fear the smallest monstrous mouth, mouth that creeps <laughs> upon the floor, may now perchance both quake and tremble here when Lion rough in wildest rage doth roar. Then know I, one snug the joiner am, a lion fell, nor else no lion's dam. For if I should, as lion come in strife, into this pace, place, twere pity on my life. This lanthorn doth the horned moon present, myself the man I the moon do seem to be. All that I have to say is to tell you that the lanthorn is the moon, I... The man in the moon, this thorn bush, my thorn bush, and this dog, my dog. Wait, there's a dog? Where'd the dog Apparently. come from? <laughs> I don't know, but enter Thisbe. This is old Ninny's tomb. Where is my love? Roar! Because <laughs> <laughs> he runs off. <laughs> the lion shakes Thisbe's mantle and exits. Enter Pyramus. Sweet moon, I thank thee for thy sunny beams. I thank thee, moon, for shining now so bright. For by thy gracious golden glittering gleams, I trust to take of truest Thisbe sight. But stay, O oh spite, but mark poor night. What dreadful dole is here? Eyes, do you see? How can it be? O oh dainty duck, O oh dear, thy mantle good, what stained with blood? Approach ye furies fell, O fates, come, come, cut thread and thrum, quail, crush, conclude, and quell. O wherefore, nature, didst thou lions frame, since lion vile hath here deflowered my dear, which is, <laughs> oh my God. no, no, which was the fairest dame that lived, that loved, that liked, that looked with cheer. Come, tears, confound, out sword and wound, the pap of Pyramus, I thy left pap, where hearth doth hop. He stabs himself. <laughs> thus die I, thus, thus, thus. Now am I dead, now am I fled. My soul is in the sky. Tongue, lose thy light. Moon, take thy flight. Now die, 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 die. And 
So it dies. He dies. Yeah. Re-enter this bee. (laughs) Returning to the scene of the crime. Asleep, my love? What? Dead, my love? Oh, Pyramus, arise. Speak, speak. Quite dumb? Dead, dead? A tomb must cover thy sweet eyes. These, my lips, this cherry nose, these yellow cowslip cheeks are gone, are gone. Lovers make moan. His eyes were green as leeks. Oh, sisters three, come, come to me with hands as pale as milk. Lay them in gore, since you have shore, with shears his thread of silk. Tongue, not a word. Come, trusty sword. Come, blade, my breast imbrue. Stabs herself. And farewell, friends. Thus Thisbe ends. Adieu, adieu. Adieu. Dies. <laughs> and that's literally the end of the play within a play. <laughs> oh my God. That's and, a riot. Right? Shakespeare meant this to be super melodramatically satirical and mm-hmm. funny. And I yeah. think he I think he I think he achieved there. it. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um now we're gonna take a moment and go back to the source. Ovid. Uh-oh. And we're just going to go over the death scene because the rest of it is even worse. So <laughs> never said I never say I didn't do anything nice for you because I'm not going to make you go through that. <clears throat> so we're just going to do the death scene from uh, Pyramus and Thisbe from Ovid. Oh. Now Pyramus had not gone out so soon as Thisbe to the tryst. And when he saw the certain traces of that savage beast imprinted in the yielding dust, his face went white with fear, but when he found the veil covered with blood, he cried, Alas, when night has caused the ruin of two lovers, thou wert most deserving of completed days, but as for me, my heart is guilty. I destroyed thee, O oh my love. I bade thee come out in the dark night to a lonely haunt, and fail to go before. Oh, whatever lurks beneath this rock, thou ravenous lion, tear my guilty flesh and with most cruel jaws devour my cursed entrails. What? (laughs) Not so. It is a craven's part to wish for death. So he stopped briefly and took up the veil, went straight away to the shadow of the tree. And as his tears bedewed the well-known veil, he kissed it oft and sighing said, Kisses and tears are thine. Receive my blood as well. And he imbrued the steel girt at his side, deep in his bowels, (laughs) and plucked it from the wound, a faint with death. As he fell back to earth, his spurting blood shot upward in the air. Oh, my God. So when decay has rift a leaden pipe, a hissing jet of water spurts on high. Oh, my gosh. By that dark tide, the berries on the tree assumed a deeper tint, for as the roots soaked up the blood, the pendant mulberries were dyed a purple tint. Wow. Thisbe returned, though trembling still with fright, for now she thought her lover must await her at the tree, and she uh, should haste before he feared for her. (laughs) (laughs) longing to tell him of her great escape she sadly looked for him with faithful eyes but when she saw the spot and the changed tree she doubted could they be the same for so the color of the hanging fruit deceived while doubt dismayed her on the ground she saw the wounded body covered with its blood She started backward, and her face grew pale and ashen, and she shuddered like the sea which trembles when its face is lightly skimmed by chill breezes. And she paused a space, but when she knew it was the one she loved, she struck her tender breast and tore her hair. Then wreathing in her arms his loved form, she bathed the wound with tears, mingling her grief in his unquenched blood. Oh, my God. (laughs) And as she kissed his death-cold features, wailed, Ah, Pyramus, what cruel fate has taken thy life away? Pyramus, Pyramus, awake, awake. It is thy dearest Thisbe calls thee. Lift thy drooping head. 
alas. And then she saw her veil and near it lay his ivory sheath, but not the trusty sword. (laughs) Sorry. And once again, she wailed. Thy own right hand and thy great passion have destroyed thee. And I, my hand shall be as bold as thine. My love shall nerve me to the fatal deed. Thee I will follow to eternity. Though I be censured for the wretched cause, so surely I shall share thy wretched fate. Alas, whom death could... I lost my line. Could me alone bereave, though... Thou shalt not from my love be reft by death. Ugh, too many vocabulary words there. Right. And oh, ye <laughs> wretched parents, mine and his, let our misfortunes and our pleadings melt your hearts, that ye no more deny to those whom constant love and lasting death untie and tomb us in a single sepulcher. Did I say mm-hmm. that right? And, O thou tree of many branching boughs, spreading dark shadows on the corpse of one destined to cover twain, take thou our fate upon thy head, mourn our untimely deaths, let thy fruit darken for a memory, an emblem of our blood. No more, she said. And having fixed the point below her breast, she fell on the keen sword, still warm with his red blood. (laughs) But though her death was out of nature's law, her prayer was answered, for it moved the gods and their parents. Now the gods have changed the ripened fruit which darkens on the branch, and from the funeral pile their parents sealed their gathered ashes in a single urn the end wow so basically everybody suffers and or dies in this shitstorm of a myth all to explain why mulberries are red when they're ripe are you kidding me well nope. i mean it sounds like a perfectly reasonable explanation <laughs> i feel whole, educated now this whole story is trying to explain why mulberries are red well, why else? How yeah. how else would you explain it? But you know what? Exactly. Hold on to that. We'll be right back after this with questions and shit. Now return to the Trunk Mythology Gals for part two. Questions and shit. Right. So, you know, lions and swords and chinks and holes and mulberries and... Uh, yeah, I mean, it has everything. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it's just funny how these kind of like, you have to have these big grand stories to explain like a simple thing. It's, I mean, again, just like in Norse mythology, you have all that whole Loki thing with the cave just explain, oh, this is how earthquakes happen. <laughs> oh my God. You know, it's like yeah. five stories yeah. just to explain one tiny little thing. So yeah, it's interesting how if someone always has to like die and suffer and there are entrails. Yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> Entrails must be the magic sauce in anything. <laughs> well, that they did use them in divination. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so but, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. What were the years? I wrote this down at the beginning, this question to ask. What were the years between, like, when did Ovid write his version? And then what year was Shakespeare writing his stuff? Years. Okay. Uh, So it was in his metamorphosis um, about uh, 8 CE by Ovid, but that doesn't feel quite right. Hang on. Um, I think, no, I think that, I guess it was 8 CE. Yeah. And then uh, A Midsummer Night's Dream was in the 1590s. Okay, so Ovid's story is well established. Oh, you know what? I think he... Okay, so I think the the copy of the uh, 
metamorphosis that everybody draws from was put together. It was put together in 8 AD, not 8th century AD. I'm sorry. The year 8, literally. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 8. 8. Year 8. Damn. After. And we're like. Yeah. That that just baffles my mind that we have confidence in saying year 8. Not year 7. Not year 9. But year 8. That just. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, they didn't. The Romans didn't refer to it as year 8. Like, that's one of the. Um, less glamorous sides of history studies is you have to learn what kind of calendar and dating, you know, every culture used and then translate it to our Gregorian culture calendar. Yeah. Oh, Chen. Because remember the Olympics, they would be like, it's the 32nd, it's the fourth year of the 32nd Olympiad when so-and-so won the 200-meter dash. Yeah. Sorry. So, I'm, I'm just laughing at Etherton's questions. It's like, you, of course, you want to know exact numbers. Yep. <laughs> so where is this supposed – this may have already been said, but what's the place? Where is this – where is this story? Where is Ovid's story supposedly taking place? And where is Shakespeare's story supposedly taking place? Okay. So and is it the same? It, it, it isn't. So Ovid basically tells the readers that this is an old Babylonian myth. Okay. So Babylon, again, is kind of like... Middle East. Yeah. Syri- think Syria. And Babylon had a lot of lion imagery like mm-hmm. they're, I they think, loved lions yeah there were a lot of mountain lions because you know or like even in in the bible the book of daniel and they what try to feed him to a lion right 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 oh that one yeah <laughs> <laughs> that lion yeah I, I mean there's like yeah there's lots of lions popping up yeah okay you know and they're not all like big you know african you know roaming the savannah lions like there are mountain lions there are you know cougars and you know just different type different species Um, but no wolves (laughs) fenrir's no no i think there were wolves there were were there Mm -hmm. so yeah wolves and lions fenrir could have had a guest appearance (laughs) he could have he would have been all fenrir (laughs) 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 so yeah i mean and again, it's, you know, these days we have to like search out wildlife. In those days, they were more like, let's keep wildlife away. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know. Right. Whereas um, our biggest so- wildlife threat here is like an overrun of bunny rabbits and squirrels. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure you got some raccoons out there too. Uh. I'm not even going to say Florida because we have everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think we ought to exempt Jen and, you know, I have coyotes around here, but. Well, we have coyotes, alligators, bears, cougars. There's a panther. And uh, yeah, there's a panther. Where am I living? (laughs) And then there's Did you like fall into a game of Jumanji or something? (laughs) That's what it feels like. Like I had no idea. And like they're all don't forget the boa constrictors. Yeah, that too. No, sorry, the pythons. You have pythons. We have both. What? Pretty sure it's both because people release them and then they thrive. Oh my god! And then we have also like foxes. So yeah, it's and scorpions. Oof. Yeah. (laughs) Why am I here? Accidentally opened the seventh seal. (laughs) (laughs) So we have three types of scorpions. I, I read about this. Um, the biggest, actually, I think of all scorpions is in Florida, and it's in Miami specifically. Luckily, so oh, far dear. away from me. Wow! I mean, you They're guys like up to three inches in length. Uh, no, that's bigger than Kiwi. I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! So it's God. A, it's an interesting place. Oh, and poisonous frogs um, or venomous? No, yeah, poisonous. Sorry, both. Wouldn't yeah. they be? Yeah, they would be both. Yeah. Well, because like there's hallucinogenic frogs. Yep. But it can also be poisonous. Yeah. 
Exactly. Something like that. We're, look, we're not experts in amphibians. So, but yeah. So Babylon was kind of like Florida. <laughs> they had a lot of things that could kill you out there. Like, yeah. yeah. And so that's where the original myth happens. And Shakespeare's uh, version of it is happening in Athens because it's presented as a play. That Okay. Right. So the char- the main characters of the play are literally sitting down in a sort of second ring of audience and watching a play. Got it. So the first four acts cover like the, you know, the Helena, Hermia, Demetrius and Lysander, and then the fifth act is this their wedding celebration and Everybody is watching a play to celebrate. A play about two lovers dying. Yes. At a wedding. Yes. That's the wedding entertainment. Yes. Okay. And, uh, you know, also... That wedding planner needs to be fired. (laughs) Right. And then... I don't know. I'm sorry if you have to... If you want to finish your thought. Oh, I was just going to say, you know... One thing that obviously there's some dramatic license, but uh, if this were Athens, ancient Athens, like fifth century with Theseus and all these people, uh, the wives wouldn't be at the attendance of the play. Like women didn't go to the theater except in very specific circumstances. Oh, yeah. I mean, for a tragedy, they might have. They were allowed to see tragedies, but not comedies. Yeah, and unless it was like which which emperor was it? Was it Caligula or Nero? I think. Well, Caligula. that was Rome. Oh, that was yeah. Sorry, I was going to say because he forced everyone to go. Yeah, to no, him. no. That that oh, we're talking nice. Athens, which you know, again, mm-hmm. other places in the ancient Greek world had other rules, but Athens was. You know, yeah, they were, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they I, were a little I, backwards. If if you want a fun rabbit hole, go research Caligula. That that was fun. I don't even like the name of that. <laughs> it's actually a, like a a mocking type of name, I guess. Like it actually means like like little shoes or something. Like it was like a nickname, and he didn't small actually, feet. Yeah, like sandaled feet footwear. Like it was that's not actually like his real name. So it was interesting. Hmm. But that that is a tangent, and I will come back to the rails that do exist. <laughs> and uh, so, just because of who I am as a person, um, I'm wondering with this Shakespeare bit if it was supposed to be intentionally a little bit uh, some sexual puns there, because I do know he does include that in other plays. And this is a uh, play I've not yeah. gotten, I've not gotten the liberty to explore that side of this one because I went to a Catholic university and they left that part out when they taught this. What? Wow. See, this is new to me. Are I've you never kidding me? It was taught by a nun. So oh. do I need to expand no. on that? No, you don't. I, you don't. I, needed, <laughs> uh, I don't need expansion on the, the nun teaching the class. I need expansion on, wait, what? Shakespeare has innuendos? Oh, he has a lot. Are I mean, you? There, oh, there shit. Are some, it's some pretty dirty stuff. He gets Girl. very dirty. Like in Hamlet, in Hamlet, they're like, oh, it's a, it is an amazing line, but I will not say it. But like, you know, he's oh, you say about it. The, well, I the can't remember not all listening. of it. I can't remember all of it, but it's like about exploring like her, her countryside, but how he says it, it's supposed to be like another word that starts with C that can be, you know. Uh-huh. Countryside. Yes. That's how he said. Yes. Thank you. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Okay. I, I might be changing my tune on Shakespeare. And so when they're talking about this hole, I'm just thinking, ah, right. I, I kiss your hole. Yes. I'm like, this is definitely what's going on. Oh, oh yeah. God. <laughs> okay. So um, apparently, uh, I from what I can find in terms of the dates, um, Midsummer Night's Dream and Romeo and Juliet, like uh, Billy was going through a phase of really standing this pyramid and Thisbe myth because okay. he wrote, we think 
around 1592-93, he wrote Romeo and Juliet. And then um, possibly 1595-96 to something like that, he started working on A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. So, you know, again, Romeo and Juliet came first. Yeah. And like I said, then he saw a Tumblr prompt, you know, (laughs) Pyramid and Thisbe, just make it funny. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, no, I think you'll want to uh, do a watching party with us of Mm -hmm. A Midsummer Night's Dream. It's a classic movie. All right. We'll. we'll We got to do it. Yeah, we're going to do it. But yeah, it's, you know, I it's supposed to be set in, you know, 5th century Athens and they're presenting a play within a play and that play within a play is this old Babylonian myth. Wow. So, yeah, no, I mean there is some deeply dirty stuff in Shakespeare. <laughs> I never knew. Of course they're not yeah. going to tell us that in in, you know, high school right and they make you read fucking romeo and juliet like yeah anyway yeah so there's a i really do recommend there's a comedy series that's pretty new i think it's what is it called now now i can't remember that i want to talk about it but it's making fun of shakespeare and it's like he's each episode is about how he comes up with a different play idea and he's always talking about romeo and juliet he calls it like his his like y.a like angsty romance it really is yeah it's oh, his twilight oh it's, it's called upstart crow and it's really hilarious uh, where upstart is it crow it's on a uh, brit box oh, okay i don't yeah. have that you yet, can maybe but... find it on youtube too or online but it's really funny possibly amazon prime possibly um i just typed it in to google search and it looked Am- amazon prime comes up but i'm not certain that that's saying it's on amazon prime okay yeah um yeah but they just kind of make it's really funny okay i'm trying to think of um who's the character falstaff falstaff and henry the fourth uh he's falstaff is uh this like fat old drunk advisor to uh henry which is played by tom hiddleston in the hollow crown that's right not Mm -hmm. falstaff henry henry's played by yes yes but he's like he's such a con man and he's like always trying to give like advice and yeah he ends up messing everything up but another thing i wanted to point out is one of the things that like when i was in high school I was always really irritated with the fact that Shakespeare was written in verse, but it didn't rhyme. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But then I learned about received pronunciation versus original pronunciation. Yep, exactly. Huh? Yeah. So received pronunciation is the, the proper British accent that you know, you think of when you think of Oxford and Cambridge and, you know, and that's where you get like the, oh, fates, come, come, cut thread and thrum, quill, crush, conclude and quill, you know, but the original pronunciation is supposedly has a bit more of an almost Irish lilt. Mm Mm-hmm. So oh, fascinating. So, yeah. like, so like you have to like reconstruct how they spoke back then. Yeah, the so rhymes. It, it would almost be like asleep, my love. What dead, my dove? Oh, Pyramus, arise. Yeah. Speak, squeak, speak, speak, quite dumb. Dead, dead, a tomb. You know, wow. must cover yeah. thy sweet eyes. Yeah, it's really interesting. And yeah, I'm fascinated by this. Yeah, so if if you look up received pronunciation versus original pronunciation or RP versus OP. Yeah, I'll get right on that. And also there's just a certain way to like speak the meter as well. It's yeah. very different. Yeah. yeah, there are different like emphasis on different words and you pronounce certain syllables. Most of um, this I've learned through Tom Hiddleston because he talks about it all the time. I'm wow. not actually that brilliant. 
Oh, my God. I learned this before Tom Hiddleston, I'm just Um, saying. I mean, Um, I also watched a documentary, but yeah. (laughs) Well, the other thing I wanted to point out is that um, there are references in both uh, Pyramus's speech. Pyramus uh, refers to the uh, Furies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fates, he says, oh, fates, come, come, cut thread and thrum. So, you know, the fates spin the thread of fate, the -hmm. thread of destiny for everybody, right? And then Fisbee said something about the three sisters. mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's Come, come to me with hands as pale as milk. Lay them in gore since you have shore with shears his thread of silk. Yeah. (laughs) I was like... Three sisters. I got that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they, you know, cut his life's thread. So anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting that they uh, both referred to the sisters of fate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, and Ovid, I, I included that because it's not just super, super melodramatic, but it's really gory. Yes. I got, Yeah. I was, yeah. Yeah, like the hissing pipe. He goes so specifically, like, okay, this guy is living in 8th century Rome. I mean, 1st century Rome in the year 8. Yeah. And obviously, like, they have pipes. And he's like, when a lead pipe bursts and you get the water jet streaming up, like. He says, a jet of water spurts on high. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy is, like, the original gore writer, right? This is totally a slasher film. It mm-hmm. is. <laughs> like he put his sword deep in his bowels and then plucked it from the wound. Like really? Oh, this was yeah. And I mean, there's like you know, even Thisbe's like, oh, the blood, the blood. <laughs> so <sighs> yeah, and yeah. that's how we get mulberries. Damn it. <laughs> so kate are you drunk did you drink any of the tea while jen I and i were reading our parts did i finished my cup of tea but i am not drunk it clearly wasn't enough not enough <laughs> yeah because yeah. i have yeah. nothing i noticed yep. you did get your fenrir mention in of course yeah she's becoming a pro at it right kind of scrambling a bit there at the end <laughs> <laughs> oh shit think 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 gotta work this, this in there wolves in Babylon <laughs> yeah. just always ask are there wolves like yeah <laughs> yeah but you gotta it has to fit in the context I just otherwise it's too easy yeah yeah but <laughs> so next week Thor goes fishing no no if you're pausing too long it's not thor goes fishing is it (laughs) no thor goes fishing not yet uh next week is our special valentine's day relationship advice wow we're doing it we've talked about it we've brainstormed we, we are doing it and uh people are letting us know so if you have a question about your relationship and you would like us to consult our oracles and confer with the gods and get their advice on your problem, which obviously you probably shouldn't follow or maybe do the opposite of, but, you know, we'll give you their take on, you know, who doesn't want to know what Zeus thinks of how many back and forth texts are appropriate before you start looking desperate, <laughs> you know? So oh, let us be know fun. on Instagram at uh, Instagram.com slash Drunk Mythology Gals. On Twitter at Drunk Myth Gals. On Facebook at Drunk Mythology Gals. On the web at Drunk Mythology Gals.com. On Patreon at Patreon.com slash Drunk Mythology Gals. Or you can email us at gals at drunkmythologygals.com. 
And special thanks, as always, to Sound Effects Kim for putting the top spin on our sound. And thanks again to all of you for joining us. Please subscribe, leave a rating or review, and tell your friends and family about us, especially if they're like, hey, you know, we should, you know, good fences make good neighbors. And God damn it, that neighbor never did bring back my lawnmower. So yeah. Um, finally, always remember, if the gods can behave badly, then so can you. 